episode of the hit show Translating Love with your favorite hosts, Danny and Voivy. But most importantly, Danny. But most, most importantly, Voivy. The true hero and the unsung hero. God, <laughs> godlike figure of this podcast. People are raving about him and his sensitive, feminine, and glorious sides. <laughs> but it's all this, his skinny body and his chicken legs. <laughs> and his really, really blonde hair and blue eyes and nice beard and face and stuff. <laughs> face. <laughs> We're back, everybody, and this time it's a new episode again. <laughs> As opposed to the last time. Which was which also was another also episode. episode. Uh, I have to say... What do you have to say? I don't know. I really love doing the podcast, but I wish there would be an easy way to you know, promote us more or an easy way to get us out more because... We have a following, but it's it's not massive, but it's decent. Um, and it keeps growing so slowly because, you know, we don't have the reach. We don't have the capacity online to, you know, bring it out to people. And there's obviously no network behind mm -hmm. us who puts money into promoting us. So we have to do it ourselves. And the only way we can do that is asking you guys, the people on the radio. <laughs> oh. In front of the radio. But not maybe in front of their phones. Or... In front of the phones or on their <laughs> headphones. To share the podcast, to rate the podcast on Apple Podcast. If, if you haven't done that yet, it takes two seconds. Um, and the fun thing about our podcast is that you don't have to listen to every episode. You right. can just listen to the ones that interest you. And it's really, really handy because all you have to do is look at the titles and it basically tells you what the episode is about. Right. And also the description. We try to make it as descriptive as possible. Really? It's descriptive in the description? Yes, I try to. Um, and I think that's like you can basically pick and say, okay, maybe I skip this episode because I'm not interested. Maybe then we have a guest on that you're like, ooh, like the last episode we had uh, Leonie on and she's like a, a, nutrition coach. a nutrition coach. And it was super insightful and interesting and just fun to talk to her and, and get a different perspective on food and healthy eating habits. Um, or when we had your friend on from the U.S. who was talking about Black Lives Matter and Brandon? his right Brandon and his like um, take on the whole movement and how he grew up and you know how he as a black man in in America uh, in a permanently like in a big white city more so mm -hmm. um, uh, like uh, sees life and how he perceives uh, you know racism and stuff. Mm -hmm. Or Libby and her brother. Leslie and her brother, Bradley. Oh, Libby, every time. <laughs> Leslie. Um, and when they were talking about, uh, you know, their... Uh, they were talking like pronouns about gender and, and pronouns. gender and, and all that stuff that we had no or we had little idea of. Mm -hmm. So you can basically choose and say, oh, this episode might be for me. Or, hey, this episode might be something for a friend. So you can mm -hmm. send the episode to someone. You know just say. <laughs> But yep, I, 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 but I, all of that, that that long rant to say that sharing really does go a long way. Sharing right. is caring. Right. And if you like the podcast, then we 
really, we would really, really appreciate it if you share it, even if it's just sharing in your Instagram stories, because people at least see that. Maybe they're like, ooh, what's that, you know? Um, Or like you said, just sharing it with a friend who might like that particular episode or whatever it might be. But it really does help us, and we would really appreciate it. And with that, we can maybe, you know, if we get bigger, we can maybe, like, invest in more equipment so you make make the podcast sound better and maybe get more cooler guests on because they see, oh, the podcast is pretty big, so we want to... You know, hop on the podcast <laughs> and talk a little bit about myself. Um, and we ultimately can, you know, be more motivated to bring you better episodes and better. No, we already tried that. <laughs> but I have also recognized, I mean, it's, you know, you record something, you talk to the microphone for 30 to 40 minutes and you have to come up with stuff and you'd be funny and shit and or <laughs> you have to try to sound interesting to top it even though you maybe have a headache or you had a shitty day that's not always easy to do that or that because you (laughs) hurt yourself trying to skate again (laughs) stuff like that you know um so if you feel like oh this episode wasn't as good yeah might be true because you know we might not have been in the best mood to record it but we still deliver and we try to bring the best this is a really weird rant that you're going on no, it, right is, it is i'm just trying to be open more about the the process of making a podcast because it's work it's it's work and we try to do our best and i hope uh you people see that what do you mean by you people you know the people who listen i hope oh. they I, I hope they i hope they appreciate us doing that as much as we appreciate them listening to it and giving us their time yeah. But let's go to the topic. And today we're talking about finances. Yay! <laughs> Which might sound like a boring topic, but I actually find it very interesting. Because... We had a topic about um, like arguing about money. Yes. So that might be like a starter if you haven't listened to that. Go back to that, listen to that, and then come back to this one. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I think it's actually really interesting because I. I would be willing to bet if you asked any of, like, if you have a friend who's in a relationship, if you ask any of your friends in a relationship how often they talk with their partner about finances, I bet you they will say never. The majority. I think, I think, um, up to a certain point where you, like, maybe take a loan out for a house or, or like a bigger project, you might not be necessarily be in like a spot where you have to. Although I think before then you should. But, right. And also I think, I mean, maybe if you live together, you already talk about it a little bit. Like maybe, hey, let's spit rent like this. Or like I pay this bill and you pay this bill. Or do it like monthly where like, okay, maybe you pay this one this this Mm -hmm. month and I pay this one. But yeah, I think most people probably didn't or don't. I mean, even with bill stuff, a lot of people don't talk about it. It's just like assumed that everything is exactly 50 50 down the middle that's just kind of like the assumption when you move in with somebody Mm -hmm. but we can go into that either now or later but talk about why maybe 50 50 is not i mean the 50 50 the best choice discussion about finances is is a tricky one because 50 50 doesn't mean we split the whole thing 50 50 like you pay that um, that's exact same amount as, as i pay Right. Um, and especially with women still being underpaid because they're just simply women. And most of the time in jobs where they just don't pay as much, even though they do more work, even it's not always possible for someone with 
little more uh, with less income than like mm-hmm. the other person to pay as much. Well, I think you it's can, not fair. You can look at it this way. I wrote out just like a really simple, like not equation, but just to like some numbers to look at it this way. So if you, let's say that you make $3,000 a month, but your partner makes only 1000 And I know those numbers are a little outrageous because not many people make $3,000 a month, but just just go with me. So you make 3000 your partner makes 1000 Do you think it's fair then to say that the monthly payment of $1,000 for your rent would be 50-50 split down the middle? Because if it's that way, you would still have, so that means each person would pay 500 You would still have 2500 to go towards savings or other monthly expenses while your partner loses half their income, their monthly income. Mm-hmm. And they're only putting 500 towards savings or other monthly costs. So it could potentially be that just with groceries or with other bills and things, they're struggling just to make it through the month while you're feeling like you have a good nest egg, basically. So I think it's a it's an interesting way to look at it because then you can say, oh, that does actually make sense. And then maybe we split it in a way that's like I pay 75% of this and you pay 25% because then we're each then feeling a little more financially stable to get through the month until the next paycheck comes. And with that, obviously, the the discussion of like a coach or joined or like a, 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 a joined a uh, bank account, bank account mm-hmm. for especially those expenses like basically some, a lot of people do it like this where they put money monthly money into a joint uh, bank account for like bills and stuff and but still have their separate accounts for savings and for stuff they want to like get you know invest in uh, which i think is a smart move because then you're still financially um independent mm-hmm. but you have an overview of your uh, monthly costs that you and your partner pay um and I think it's much easier to discuss about that because then both parties can look into that and see, okay, yeah. look, this is how much, blah, blah. Um, and especially if you live together, I think that's a smart step towards, I mean, I wouldn't do it at like right at the beginning, but after like a couple of months living together and like splitting bills and stuff, that's something you can think about because I think it's a, it makes it easier to split it, to split money in a, in a fair way. I would say. Yeah. At the same time, I would say just on the other side of that, it's different for every couple. So obviously there is no, there is unfortunately no one right way to handle your finances in a relationship. There are many people who keep their finances completely separate like we do. Yeah. Right now we do. I we've talked about more like we'll maybe start to combine things once we have kids or things like that. But we we've kept our finances separate and there are a lot of people who do that and it just works for them and that's fine as long as you come to some sort of understanding about your budget and about what you can afford and what you can't afford Mm. um but i think just with that what's really important is before you make any like big life changes or life decisions or financial decisions um, that you talk about it thoroughly with your partner and be open about what you can afford and what you can't afford mm-hmm. and and how you feel it's fair to split it up. And until you can come to some sort of logical decision together, mm-hmm. um, you may want to rethink the whole thing unless you can come to that logical I decision. Think, <clears throat> I think that's also a good point for like having someone in the, the relationship being the CFO for especially expensive that go 
That's chief financial officer for those of you who don't yeah. know what CFO. So basically, are. basically someone who is takes care of certain bills or takes care of the house stuff. You know everything that has to do with bill, with rent, with stuff like that. Someone who takes care of that um, because I think it's easier because then the other person then doesn't have to like uh, uh, worry about that stuff. And also one person has an overview about the whole thing and can say, hey, look, this is how it looks right now. Um, we have that's much saved because yeah. we, you know, put too much in the blah, whatever. Um, and it also makes... also only works if you have a joint bank account because otherwise they I... would need access to your finances. Because yeah, otherwise they're paying for everything. Obviously, but I think in, in terms of just overview, I think it's smart to have someone to mm -hmm. have an overview of, okay, this is the monthly house cost. This is the bill for the electricity this is the water bill this is the bill for insurance stuff like that mm -hmm. i think it's smart to have someone and i think it doesn't have to be the man uh, i know a lot of relationships where it's the man but i think it's why why a woman can't do the same thing but someone who has like a, a hand for that and just keeps an overview of like okay look maybe that cost went down this month or in, in general we went cheaper this month you know someone mm -hmm. who keeps he keeps an eye on those things I, th I think that's a smart idea. And you also said like, uh, you know, things about getting something more expensive maybe or mm -hmm. wanting something that is maybe like a little out of the budget, whatever. I think a smart way to do that also is like um, you just keep it for 10 days or a little longer. And um, if you still want it that bad after 10 days, you can still discuss it again and say, look, mm -hmm. um, I we we, sh we should buy that or we should invest that because it would help us or because I would need need it, whatever, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Because especially I think right now we're sitting at home a lot. We're looking online for shopping and, mm -hmm. you know, ads, targeted ads are an easy way to spend money. And there's a lot of shit on the internet you might want to get. Um, and, you know, spending a little too much money can get out of hand pretty fast on the internet. So having this system of like waiting a couple of days and then discussing it and say, okay, mm -hmm. look, I really want that or I really need that um, because of those reasons is a smart way to do that um, before you buy something out of compulsion. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's also important to, and it obviously it's not for everybody. Some people are just naturally really good at handling their money and making sure that they have enough at the end of the month or whatever it might be. Um, but some people are just not as good at that. And I think it's also then important to make a budget, whether it's just for yourself or whether it's for the two of you as a couple or whatever it might be. Um, but either way, if you combine your finances or you don't, you can basically make a list of everything that you need, and I mean need, on a regular basis. So like your rent bill, mortgage, car payments, insurance, groceries, things like that, necessities. Mm. And try to set aside amounts for each of those things. So make a budget, say, okay, I need this. Mm -hmm. And it takes a little experimenting. You might just have to track, okay, I spent this much this week on groceries and this much the next week on groceries. And you can make an average, okay, I need at least this amount each week for groceries or each yeah. month for groceries. Yeah. Um, and then like with your rent payments and your car payments. And then by the end of making this budget, you see, okay, this is how much money has to go out mm -hmm. every month. Mm -hmm. And you can maybe say, okay, I can cut back a little here. I can, you know, tweak this one a little bit. 
And then that's a really easy way to, to be able to save money as well, because then you can say, okay, this is the money that I need mm, to spend. Mm. I want to then at least put this amount into savings, and then I can give myself a little bit of a, a wiggle they're, room for they're, extra things. There are cool apps who basically do that, who you can put in the numbers, and it just gives mm -hmm. you a, like a really cool overview and statistics about that. And where you can just simply, and also save for goals where you can mm -hmm. put in like a safe goal where you say you want to buy a new phone in X amount of days or month. And you can put like 10 bucks aside every mm -hmm. month for exactly that goal. And it makes it much easier and, and also gamifies the whole thing a little bit with a more, where you have, where you have more motivation behind of saving and maybe doing yeah. the right thing. Well, and can I also add to that, that. If you do no, you things can't. in that way, you can't edit. Stop adding it. <laughs> if you do things in that hey. way, it's much more gratifying to yeah. get the things that you actually want instead of the things that you need. Because, like for example, when I bought my first car, I, I didn't ever like my parents are not the parents who were just going to buy me a car because they wanted mm. me to earn that. You know, you have to work for it and you have to, you know, yeah. that's how it works. And I'm so glad that they did that because I didn't have my first car until I was 20 and Loser. yeah and but i worked really hard to save for that car and i ended up getting like my dream car granted i only had it for a year because somebody was like no move to austria come live and with i me. said take your car with you <laughs> just take it apart and go the funny thing is i loved my car so much that i actually looked into what it would cost to ship it here because i loved that car so much it was like my baby um but yeah, so it, but it was so much more gratifying than mm. I was like, I'm so glad I didn't just get a car when I was 18, you know, like as a gift or something for my parents, because I appreciated my car so much more when yeah. I earned it. And I think that's even with little things, just like getting a new phone or, you know, whatever it might be, let's, even the little things. Let's are take good. a quick break. Okay. <laughs> But I think you make a, a, a really good point by paying uh, for yourself for certain things and for saving uh, your own money for certain things is much more gratifying and makes it much more uh, rewarding in a way. And I think also, I mean, the way you grew up seeing your parents spend money and the way you grew up um, uh, getting taught about money and how you maybe save or spend money uh has a big influence how you basically act with money um yeah and i read an interesting article the other day that like in the like in the kids nowadays it's it's almost becoming like a thing uh what is what are they calling it like living in debt basically where you did where they take out consumer um, um loans mm -hmm. just to have like new phones mm -hmm. the, the, the hippest clothes and stuff like that and they're going into debt pretty fast um just for that stuff and it's becoming a hip thing because you know i mean society especially like uh, social media and stuff uh, shows us those things like those uh, uh what are they called items those um what is the word i'm looking for I don't know. Not minority items, uh, like high-end items. Mm -hmm. Those really fancy things. You know, you want to have the newest shoes. You want to have that brand. You want to have those glasses. You, you stuff like that. Um, and things are expensive. And when I think back, um, 
I didn't have a bank account for I don't know how long. I was pretty late, like pretty. I don't know. I was seventeen or eighteen when I got a I was bank 16, account. I think. And you know, spending money before that with cash, you always have like an overview how much you spend, how much you have. But with a card, it's much easier to go into that because you know, yep, uh, they don't tell you not to spend money because you have to pay them back eventually, anyway. So, well, and in the U.S., it's even more of a problem because right. of the credit score stuff. And I mean, if it's you, too, yeah, but you don't way. automatically have a credit score. So, like when you, I when mean, you're you like do. even trying, not in the U.S you start at zero. And unless so, you have yeah. a credit card or some sort of debt, your credit score stays at mm, zero. Yeah. And so when you're trying to get a student loan, yeah. if you've never had a credit card before you go to college, which most people don't, mm. then it's really hard to get a, a student loan where you have a good interest mm, rate because mm. they're like, oh, your credit score is not high enough to not get a good interest yeah. rate. Yeah. So it's kind of a messed up system anyways. They're basically setting you up for failure. But I mean, uh, a lot of people have that. Uh, even with uh, maybe because of uh, uh, student loans or maybe because they bought like a house or something or of medical reasons. Um, and so it's a common thing. But I think especially if you're in a relationship and that's the point I wanted to make is that you should talk about it. You should be open about it. And especially if you don't have co-joint uh, accounts or like one account mm -hmm. where you, you know, both have transparency and see what's in there, what's going on. You should talk at least once or twice a month about finances and see okay where are we standing I would right say now at least once um and just be open about it because that can also avoid uh future uh problems fights maybe even but that's also not to say that it's easy to talk i mean we're really we never talk about it i would not never but it's rare that we have that conversation yeah. about finances and that's something that i want to get better at doing hmm. um but i mean it's not it's not easy to talk about. I almost, and I think a lot of people get this way, but I almost get emotional when I talk about mm -hmm. finance stuff because it's it's uncomfortable. It's not because I'm sad or I'm upset. I'm just uncomfortable. Mm. And sometimes when I'm that uncomfortable, I get like teary-eyed and I'm just, it's, it's stressful. Yeah. And I think that it's definitely not an easy conversation, but it also doesn't have to lead to an argument, which a lot of times it does. And a lot of couples have issues based around money and finances there because is they don't know how to talk about financial it. Financial therapist as yes. well. I mean, you can also go to a couple's therapist and talk about her with that, but there or with them. Uh, but there is also a financial therapist who is specialized in that stuff. Um, yeah. I think it's not the worst idea to, if you can't do it because of whatever reason, you should maybe see a professional and see where you can get more comfortable with that topic. Mm -hmm. Because it's important. I think it, it it prevents a lot of stuff, especially if you maybe don't know like that your partner has huge amount of debt or maybe like a shopping mm -hmm. uh, uh, addiction where they shop expensive stuff all the time and yeah. you have no clue that they're like, you know, dooming themselves by doing that. Um, so, yeah, it's not the worst idea. And, and it gets less uncomfortable the more you talk about it. People say that when you talk about it once a month, the first few times are going to be really, really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But the more you do it, the less uncomfortable it gets because also the more you do it, the more you feel like you're on the same page with your partner, the more you feel like, okay, I, I know where we are mm -hmm. and I know where we stand. My partner understands like my spending habits. I understand their spending habits. Mm -hmm. They understand what I make each month and where how I feel about what I make each month, you know, mm -hmm. if I feel stable, blah, 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 all of that. Yeah. And I think um, when it comes to marriage and stuff like that, there are also more aspects to the whole thing because, you know, 
um, with debt and with money problems that can fall back to you pretty fast. And there are ways to, for both of you guys, uh, basically, um, yeah, I don't want to say like uh, the word prenup is a little, you know, triggering <laughs> triggering for some people but i think there are ways to have like an attorney look over like and maybe you sign something both parties mm -hmm. sign something where you're both in safe space if whatever for whatever reason the the you know the marriage yeah. ends and it's not thing is it's not i think there's a fine line and it's weird my dad and i were actually talking about something similar the other day but there's a fine line between just looking out for yourself but also looking out for your partner mm -hmm. and vice versa and there's also a, a line of, okay, do I even trust this person? And you don't want to cross that line of making them not feel like they're not trusted or you're not trusted or whatever yeah. by saying we have to sign this, we have to sign this, we have to sign that, like 10 yeah, yeah. million things of yeah. conditions, basically. But in terms of finances, I think if you are going into a marriage and you have a lot of debt and your partner doesn't want to take over any of that debt, yeah. should things not happen or should things not work out yeah, yeah then why not sign something because it's i don't know i don't see any any issues with that and if you care about them yeah then right yeah. you, you and you're not it's not a jinx a lot of people say well it's a jinx that means we're gonna get divorced nah, it's and not, it doesn't it's bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit i think it's just a safe a safety measure for both parties yeah um, you don't want to get dragged into something and nor was wants the other person to get dragged yeah. into something um, and that's it because you have a lot of shit already when you get it divorced. Um, so you don't want to deal with more stuff. And right. if you set up something where you're still peaceful and where you can talk with each other in a, in a normal matter, then I think that's the best thing to do. Well, and if you really think about it, I mean, marriage itself, and I'm not putting it down because I love being married, but you marriage do. itself is a is a contract. You're signing a contract anyways to get married. You can be just as in love with somebody and not be married mm. and hate somebody and be married. You know, it's it, there marriage does not mean anything in terms of yeah. uh, it's on yeah, on paper it's just this is what yeah. this is. We both signed it. We're legally joined as a couple yeah in like this the eye of the law or whatever but so if you think about that the if you're eye of the law yeah it sounds so official i know but if I you're have to love <laughs> it looks at you because it's the eye of the law don't steal the eye of the law it looks at you all the time don't watch porn the eye of the law and if you do use a vp and the eye of the law so you're giving out tips now yeah uh. <laughs> how to watch porn safely do not be watched by eye of the porn how to watch porn without your wife knowing that you're watching porn how to watch porn she'll never find it in your history how to watch porn without the eye of the law looking at you <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying, but anyways. Sorry. You have to look. But if, oh, what I was saying is that if you're so like weird about signing a, a prenup or something in terms of like the finances and things, technically you're already doing that by signing a marriage license. Yeah. So they're both legal documents. Yeah. So quite honestly, I don't know. That's just my opinion, obviously. And I'm not saying that marriage isn't lovely and wonderful because it is. I just, I see... I don't see marriage as the piece of paper, you know, that's the legal part. I see marriage as the the, the love and the couples, you know, that 
that's what that means to me. The, yeah, and the reality is that there are a lot of fights because they're uh, divorce attorneys. The reality is that there are a lot of fights about money and about who gets what. Um, and it's just a shit show. And to be honest, nobody wants to go through that. And I think with stuff like that, you can prevent that. And it's just a healthy way to, at some point, maybe when you part ways, say, okay, look, this is how we did it. And this is the fair way. Mm-hmm. Um, a point um, and you can't make it 100% fair for anyone anyways you know uh, there are sacrifices and someone has to take more sacrifices probably that's just how life works um, so yeah but yeah we're not we're, again, no. we're not trying to say that no. you're going to fail as a couple because of finances no that's not at all what we're saying yeah. but we think it's important to talk about it Wolfgang and I are going to try to talk more about it and be more be more aware of you know actually sitting down and taking the time to discuss certain things once in a while yep. and um just remember that it's it, it is uncomfortable but it's not it's not like it's not uncomfortable for it's not like it's comfortable for anyone in the beginning it's always yep. going to be uncomfortable in the yep. beginning um but it, just like with everything over time it will become more comfortable and it will become more easy to talk about and um it's important yep so with that, thanks for listening, and we hear each other next week. Yes. Bye. Goodbye.